What are you practicing for? When you go to the range and spend your valuable time and costly training ammo, what exactly are you trying to accomplish? In this episode, we're going to explore how to practice for specific goals and the gear that's essential to help you attain them. Hey, you scallywags. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, A Pirate Talks Guns. I'm your host, John Sello. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and thank you for dropping in. I really appreciate you listening. And if you're listening in Florida as Hurricane Ian bears down on you, please follow all evacuation orders as Ian is going to be a monster. Please stay safe. And today we're going to go over what you expect out of your rain sessions and the equipment and drills you need to get you the results you're after. Before we begin, let me make this disclaimer. While I shoot an IDPA, Steel Challenge, Shotgun, and Two-Gun matches, I don't compete in them. I'm a defense-oriented kind of guy, and I shoot in these matches for reasons other than winning them. So if you're a serious competitor in IDPA, USPSA, Steel Challenge, etc., I'm not the guy to come to if you want to become better at any of these disciplines. There are much better sources of information on this out there for the hardcore competitors, and I suggest you go to them. That's not to say you won't glean a little bit of knowledge from this podcast, but there are different mindsets between defensive shooting and competition. Now, I'm not intimating that competitive shooters aren't capable of defending themselves far better than the average concealed carry permit holder, as there is a good bit of carryover between the disciplines. What's the difference between training and practice? Training is learning how to improve something or to do something new. Practice is applying what you learned. You train to learn a new skill or learn how to improve an existing one. You practice what you've learned to hone that skill. Now, before you begin any training or practice regimen, you're going to want to set goals. Remember, when setting goals, you want them to be specific and attainable. Break the bigger tasks down into bite-sized pieces that build on each other to your final major goal. For instance, if you're a competitor, this wouldn't be, I want to take first place to the Bianchi Cup. That would be the major goal. For a range session, it would be more like, I want to take three-tenths of a second off my split times. Defensive types wouldn't use, I want to be the best shooting concealed carrier. Instead, their goal might be something like, I want to take a second off my draw to first shot on target time. Specific and attainable. Well, let's talk about the equipment first. Now, we're not talking about the basics you need, like an actual gun belt, effective holster, magazine pouches. We're also not talking about all the miscellaneous crap in your range bag, staplers and tape to hang targets, and the other normal range gear. Specifically, you need a shot timer, appropriate targets, and for defensive shooters, dummy ammo. Now, the common link between defensive shooting and competition practice is a shot timer. The competition crowd lives and dies by the timer, since speed and accuracy are what determines their standing in a match. So a timer is as important to them as their gun. But why is a timer important to a defensive shooter? There's several reasons that you need to incorporate a shot timer into your practice sessions. Primarily, 
It establishes a metric for you. With the shot timer, you can measure aspects of your training drills, such as draw time, first shot on target, split times between shots, and reload times. This data tells you where you need to concentrate your practice to improve these times. There are timers out there that will fit your feature set requirements and budget. I personally have been using a CED 7000 for about eight years now. It's compact, does everything I need a timer to do. Secondarily, the shot timer adds a small level of stress to your session. Knowing you only have a certain amount of time to complete a drill adds an element of stress as you try to finish the drill before the timer beeps the end of the part time you set. And while not the level of stress you'll experience in an actual gunfight, the timer provides more stress than standing flat-footed and punching holes in a target downrange. And speaking of targets, you need to practice on what you're training for. If you're a competitive shooter, you want to see what you're going to see in a match. So you'll need IDPA or USPSA targets. If you're a defensive shooter, you want the same visual interpretation that you'll see in an armed encounter. This means some form of bad guy target. There's tons of these available in several different flavors, male and female aggressors in various poses, to RPG armed terrorists and zombies. The preferred ones just have a photo or line drawing of someone holding a gun with no scoring lines or zones visible. Bad guys aren't walking down the street with scoring rings or vital areas on their clothing. You need to train to identify the vital areas without a shoot-him-here guide. A target that I've really grown to like is the Bulwarks target. I've put a link to this and other equipment in the show notes. This is a great multi-use target, as it just has a picture of an armed aggressor on the front. On the back side of the target, you'll find vital areas delineated, so you can see how effective your shots would have been in stopping the threat. The reverse side of this target also has an abbreviated command target and carbine optic zeroing target. There are other similar targets with an aggressor on the front and a graphic representation, brain, spinal column, heart, and lungs on the back. Find one that you like and use it. Other equipment you're going to need for a defensive training session are dummy rounds. Stoppages occur on pistols, and trying to remember how to clear them and get the gun back in action in a gunfight can be deadly. Have your range partner load your magazines for you, and have them slip a dummy round in every now and then. Execute your immediate action drill when you hit one, and continue with your string. Your constant companion, the humble shot timer, will tell you how long you took to get back in the fight. You can also use empty cases to create stoppages. And one of the most important pieces of equipment you'll need is a notebook and a pen. Before you go to the range, plan what your session is going to involve. Plan every shot you're going to fire and record all your times. Review this at the end of your range session. See where you need work and use the data to plan your next session. Remember, practice what you suck at. An additional benefit of keeping track what you shoot is that you have the data you need for maintenance on your pistol. Now, while they don't include this information in their user manual supplied with the gun, every firearm has either periodic or round count maintenance that needs to be performed, like spring replacement. Contact your manufacturer's armorer for this information. Let's take a quick break before we get into the training session. Hey, Anderson area, 
Are you a realtor wanting to showcase your properties with video? Having a wedding or other special event you need photos of? Need a voiceover for commercials or your office phone system? If you're in the Anderson area, look no further than the Lock Lore Production Group. This full-service audio and video production company has the tools and experience that will give you the product you need. Be it still photography, video, or drone photography or video, you'll be amazed at the results they provide. Again, that's the Lock Lore Production Group. Contact details are in the show notes. Give them a call today at 864-245-1956. Now that you have everything you need to bring to the range, go and work your training session plan. If you're a competitive shooter, maybe you shoot a couple of strings for accuracy, a few rounds drawing from your holster, and then shoot a stage or two. I don't know as I don't shoot competitively. Again, ask the expert what drills they use. Someone I follow for IDPA-related tips, and he actually provides a lot more, is Mike Seeklander. And I left a link for his website in the show notes. Uh, There are several other experts with websites and YouTube channels. As an instructor, let me assure you that taking their classes will help you a hell of a lot more than just watching their videos. For a defensive training range session, I like to start off with a cold drill. This is a quick way to gauge your readiness. There are a ton of good ones out there to start cold with. My favorite is the bill drill. Now, Google is your friend to see how to shoot and score this one. After the cold drill, I like to run a couple more drills, drawing from the holster and firing one or two rounds. After these, I set the bay up with a scenario using multiple targets, cover, etc. The news is a great source for these scenarios, as you'll be replicating a real-life situation. Now, you don't want to shoot a bunch of rounds in a scenario. I limit mine to 10, working a reload into a string that long. Five or six rounds are more realistic for a string, as the odds of you fending off a Taliban horde are pretty slim, and hopefully you won't encounter an opponent that takes more than six rounds to stop. And if it does, well, you are keeping up with your reload drills, right? If you're a concealed carry permit holder, practice with what you actually carry in. Don't show up to the range with a drop leg holster and magnetic mag holders. If your everyday carry is a pistol in an inside the waistband holster under a shirt, practice just like that. Too many permit holders go to the range, shoot everything starting with the gun in their hand, and call it good. You should incorporate as many draws from cover as you can into your training plan. Train like you'll fight. Unless clearing your cover garment, Drawing your weapon, acquiring your sight picture, and getting that first round off as muscle memory, you may be dead before you're able to defend yourself. The most time-consuming thing you're going to do is draw your gun, so practice it. When you think you've practiced it enough, practice some more. Work shooting from cover into your practice routine. Remember, in a real gunfight, you want to expose as little of yourself to the bad guy as possible. Practice shooting with the hand that presents the least amount of target from cover. If you're a right-handed shooter, if you shoot from the left side of cover, you will have to lean out farther than you would really like. Practice shooting from the left side of cover with your left hand. Practice shooting with only one hand, both dominant and non-dominant. You never know when you may be fending off someone with either hand. 
Practice shooting from retention, because if you're fending someone off, this may be all you're able to do. Find drills that reinforce each of these, work until you can match the par times, then work harder to beat them. To get the most out of your range sessions, you have to be deliberate. Go with the plan and stick to it. Too many shooters only want to do what they're good at for the gratification. But working on a weak area until you master it is a lot more gratifying. Working on what you suck at is the only way to improve and grow as a shooter. Well, that'll be it for this episode. Hopefully you learned a little something from this. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast and know someone who would enjoy it as well, please, by all means, let them know about us. And if there's a specific subject you'd like us to discuss, shoot us an email and let us know what it is. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, shoot safe.